Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you get told to throw away everything, sometimes you have to maliciously comply. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, three separate bags. As some of you may know, I work at a Mendy's drive-thru. There's been a lot of changes lately that frustrates the customers, the employees, and then another vicious cycle of customer-employee frustration for a cascade of various other reasons. It's like a beautiful waterfall that's running directly over the front of your face, making your lower lip come down, making you look weird and ugly, and you can't breathe because of the constant flow of water. It seems like it could be something good, but it all depends on where you're standing. The drive through people are standing at the worst possible spot, pummeled by beautiful water. But I digress. A lady orders three baggy bags, which has got to be one of the funniest wrong names for our products. Since that time a guy called the Baconator a Terminator, I ask her which ones. We have three options. She says, a baggy bag, you know, the only one you have? Wow, we're off to a swimming start. At this point, I would usually be snarcastic, snide, or petty, but I've been learning from these YouTube videos how to interact with people properly, so this has helped me get rid of, or at least postpone, this sort of behavior in myself. I found it very helpful for moments like these. I use this newfound social knowledge to simply explainagize that we have three options to choose from. The Bunier Jake and Bees Churger, the Stubbledack, or the Chispy Crickin' BLT. She said, the Stubbledack, duh. Oh, and you idiots always never listen to me. You need to put those things in three separate bags. Okay, now she called me an idiot. I really, really want to lose my crap, and my coworker can feel it in my voice. Trying not to sigh and giving myself a breathing problem as a result. She helped me deflect by saying, Oh my god, can you believe this woman? Sounds like my aunt. I hate my aunt. With a little help from my friends, I don't say what I want to and say, Separate bags, you say? Preposterous! I just simply go, Separate bags? You got it. I said it the way I would describe what I had for breakfast. Another thing I learned from Tom Hardy. She then replies, Look, mother, three separate bags bags and drove off screeching in her car which hurt my ear immensely this really set me off even if i wanted to say something back to this lady i couldn't i saw her car swing around the bend and almost hit the car in front of her my ears were still ringing time for some much needed malicious compliance three separate bags you got it so the baggy bag comes with a drink fries and nuggets and a sandwich of your choosing Typically, we would put one burger, one fries, and one nuggets in one bag. I'm gonna do it a little differently. I beg Bruce, my manager, to let me bag this one. He heard that BS this lady said, so he reluctantly nodded and waved his hand toward the station. I wash my hands, glove up faster than I ever have before, and put all the fries in one bag, all the burgers in a second bag, and all the nuggets in the third bag. 
She gets to the window, and the driver looks very pleasant, and not what I expected. The passenger, not so much. She leans over the nice one and says, Y'all got that in three separate bags? Sam, my cohort, hands the bags out and says, Yep, one to three. The driver looks in the bags and tries to hide a smile while shaking her head, turns to the passenger who looks in the bags and says, Are you freaking serious? Oh my freaking god. She yells at the driver to say, Just go! And the driver screeches off again, still smiling. It's kinda nice to ruin one person's day while making another's. Who am I kidding? They'll probably forget about this 10 minutes later. I never will though. I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume OP already isn't being paid what they should be for working in this line of work. At least you can have a little monochrome of fun with it. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? Our next story is Consistency is Key. A few years back, I worked for a small title company attached to one of the US's largest mortgage companies. My specific role was title compliance, so I would have to review the files, request specific documentation, acquire signatures, basically do everything that needed to be done so the house can change hands with zero issues. This was during the refi boom, so at times I was working 12 to 16 hours a day when my boss has a meeting one day and tells me how unproductive I am. I'm taken aback because I'm eating at my desk and working through lunch. I show on my log all of my productivity and he says he'll get back to me. The next meeting we have is about a week later and he shares his screen and searches new files only. So if you have to go into the same file twice or cover someone else, it only counts as one task complete and for the original person. I agree that from this moment on, I will work harder and be near the top in terms of production. Malicious compliance? I realized that search he used is available to everyone. So I started searching specifically the people that shared my job title. New files only. At the end of the day, the highest count was 8 files. I was up to about 30 files when it came to files total. Each file had anywhere from 1-10 to tasks that had to be done. So I matched it in about an hour and logged off. It was at this time that I realized you could open a file, investigate it and close out and it didn't log you as performing a task. So I started earlier than everyone else, knocked out 8 files before 8am and would relax the rest of the day. Dog needs a walk, shopping needs to be done, laundry, you name it, and it was done because I already matched or beat top production for the day. I would open up a Word document and lay something heavy enough down so that it hit the zero button so my computer wouldn't go to sleep. This continued for 8 months and every monthly review I received was glowing after that. How I'm the model employee and take direction extremely well. Layoffs started to happen. I saw the writing on the wall so I started using my extra time looking for a job. Two rounds of layoffs complete and I survived both cuts. When they laid me off, it was only three weeks before I started my new one, since I was already interviewing for a position. You know, I'm wondering, considering OP was matching top production and they were able to crank it out all before 8am, was just everybody else in their line of work with that same job title also just coasting along doing bare minimum work? Maybe like getting those 8 things done but over the course of the entire day? This next story is, if I have to do it, you have to do it too. This happened years ago with my ex, they're an ex for a reason. My ex and I had a long distance relationship for a number of years. We would fight very often and I always blamed it on the long distance. 
What I told myself was that we're both so stressed from the long distance and the stress leads to us fighting all the time. After a couple of years of long distance, she moved in with me after she got a new job in the state that I lived at. We lived in a small one bed, one bath, but it was big enough for the both of us. Unfortunately, we continued to fight even more so than when we were long distance. One time I came back from the gym, I was super tired, went to the bathroom to pee and get some food after, etc. Because I was tired, I forgot to put the toilet seat down. This one time. I always put down both the seat and the lid, just so happened that I didn't do it this time. She comes into the bathroom after me and makes the biggest deal about putting the toilet seat down. How I don't care about her and so on. I didn't want to get into a huge fight over nothing, so I simply said, I'm sorry, I'll make sure to put it down. She pees and then I go in to shower after her. I noticed that the seat was down, obviously, but the toilet lid was still up. She never put the lid down. So malicious compliance kicked into overdrive. I said to her, can you make sure you put the toilet lid down whenever you have to use the bathroom? And basically repeated everything she had said to me about not caring about her and so on. Petty, sure, but if she's going to make a big stink about something so small, so am I. So she yelled at me and said I was being ridiculous and I basically repeated everything she said to me right back to her in regards to putting down the toilet seat and the toilet lid. If I have to pick up something and put it back down every time I pee, so do you. You don't get special treatment. This was a huge screaming fight and she basically said, no, I'm not doing it. I continued to put the seat and lid down every time and she never put the lid down and I would always make sure to tell her she didn't do it and how it showed she didn't care. Relationship didn't last much longer after that. We were just not right for each other. I should have noticed it years prior, but I used the long distance excuse instead of seeing that we were a bad match. I do agree with OP though, if you're in a relationship that has to have something hanging on the balance of who is going to either raise or leave the seat closed, The absolute accepted compromise should be that everybody shuts the lid after they're done regardless. Our next story is, well, if you're sure that's how to do it. I have a favorite memory from when I was about six years old, when I had the pleasure of witnessing the rare double whammy of a classic mansplain, followed by malicious compliance so simple and well executed that it was practically a work of art. I was sitting down to dinner with my brother and our mom and dad when I asked my brother to pass the salad dressing. He attempted to comply, but the handoff was intercepted by our father, who loudly proclaimed to the rest of us, wait, you always pour out too much salad dressing and then you waste it. Let me show you how it's done. While he informed me of my inadequate salad dressing application techniques, he also proceeded to unscrew the cap of the dressing presumably in preparation of his impromptu lesson on proper salad dressing etiquette. However, he was so focused on making sure I knew I was in the wrong that he failed to notice that the lid was of the snap open and closed variety utilized by most squeeze bottles. So he wasn't just opening the bottle to get ready to pour, he was removing the lid and the squeeze bottle insert. So when he upended the bottle to show me how to do it, Almost the entire contents of the nearly full container poured out over his meal in one huge and hilarious blob. Now, you may be wondering how the other members of the family reacted to such a hugely hilarious blunder. Well, dear reader, this is where the malicious compliance comes in. 
While the rest of us stared in shock and horror at the river of Italian dressing running down my father's salad, off of his plate, to form a pool on the linen tablecloth, my brother took action in the most hilarious way possible. He grabbed a second bottle of salad dressing from the table and began removing the lid and squeezing insert together at the same time. Then he turned to our father with a beatific smile on his face and said, I think I get it dad, is this how you showed us to do it? At which point he upended and spilled the second full bottle of salad dressing in as many minutes, and we all watched as the dressing ran off his plate to join together with the remains from our fathers. I just want to know the dad's reaction to this whole thing, like was he like overly upset or was he okay with it? Did he take this one on the chin or was he heated? Our next story is, my dad took mom's truck away. So when I was younger, about 8 to 10, my parents got into a heated argument. I don't remember every detail, but it went along the lines of him saying, I pay for everything. Not true. And that truck is in my name. It ended up escalating to him taking the truck from her and saying, good luck to getting where you need to go. The truck was in his name, so he believed it would stop her. Before all this, we were a family with five kids, two adults in one vehicle. My mother constantly took the VIA bus everywhere. This included grocery stores, doctor visits, her two jobs, and anywhere else needed, so this was nothing new to her. About an hour later, she says to me, want to go to the bank? And of course, being a mama's girl, I jumped up to go. We walked about two to three miles, our city doesn't have VIA routes, to get to the closest stop. All in all, the trip took us about five hours to get to the bank, get back to the stop, and then walk back home. My father was visibly upset as to why she was gone so long, took his child and didn't say anything to him, so she simply responded, truck or no truck, I have things to do. He said nothing else to her and just handed her back the keys. I'm not sure if it's just via bus, VIA bus, but it's nice to even have a place where you can walk a couple miles and comfortably get on a bus. Sadly, at least in the US, there's a lot of places where you might have to walk 5-10 miles before you can get to a realistic bus or, you know, an Uber or something nowadays. This next story is, so you want me to throw away every piece of paper on the desks? Okay. I think I finally have a story for this. Picked up a crappy little part-time two an hour a night, minimum wage office cleaning job for a little extra money. Keep in mind, I didn't really need this job, so I didn't give one crap about it. Anyway, cleaning supervisor was an absolute jerk from the start. But one time, she came up to me at the start of a shift and showed me some pictures on her phone. The pictures were of papers left on people's desks. She told me to get rid of all of them next time, as it's not nice to leave a mess on the desks and I should know better. Very disappointed she was. Okay then, I clarified. Every piece of paper, yeah? She replied with, yes, yes, I told you. Whatever you say. That night, I binned every piece of paper on any desk that I saw. Literally any. Next night comes, what did you do? Turns out every piece of paper was things such as important meeting schedules, prints outs for people's work the following morning and the like. You know, things that really shouldn't go in the bin. I told her that she told me to get rid of every piece of paper that I saw on a desk, so I did. I then left immediately. What kind of moron says get rid of every piece of paper on the desks? Is there literally zero consideration for how important literally one piece of 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. If any of those pieces of papers could be, God forbid anybody had any personal sensitive documents amongst those papers that are in the bin now. What a horrendous supervisor. How not to get new clients, lose existing clients, and get two weeks paid time off. Some 10 years ago, I was switching jobs after over seven years at my previous one. I decided that I was done with printers and stuff and wanted something new, and I found this company that was supplying CCTV, security, and fire alarms. The company had branches in few bigger cities in my country. The pay was worse than my previous job, but I figured it's not that bad and I really wanted to switch jobs. I was contracted for three months of a trial period. It's common practice in my country. It's a type of short-term employment contract, usually one to three months that legally has the same terms as a regular job contract, with often some limits on company benefits like private Medicare or gym pass or whatever, after which we'll decide if I'm staying or not. My boss was the regional manager and I've had a co-worker who had been hired earlier. Our branch was open for a few months at this point. Now, it's important to know that the company only dealt in business to business, no retail, We didn't even have a fiscal printer. That's mandatory if you want to do retail sales. So our clients were all companies, big and small, that per company policy specialized in electrical equipment installation. In my country, all businesses are registered in a central database and the type of stuff done is one of the required stuff from a vast catalog of what can be done commercially. This is tied to the pricing levels. You run an electric company, you get better prices than a flower company, you get the idea. The company had a CRM, Customer Relationship Management Software, in which we were required to note every interaction with our clients. When I asked our regional manager about how it should be kept, a conversation followed. I said, so I need to note only sales or some other stuff as well. The regional manager said, everything. Each call, each visit, each sale, and you need to schedule the client's next visit or call. You are to contact each of your clients at least once a week to keep up relations and note everything in the CRM. It's connected to the phone billing so we know when you've made the calls or not. 
I said, so I'm supposed to call each client at least once a week for a chat? The RM says yes, and make notes in the CRM. I say, you realize calling that often will annoy most clients. The regional manager says, this is company's policy. We want our clients to be cared about, and it's your job to do it. I think everyone knows this is not how you build a positive relation with your potential clients. We're all sick and tired of banks or phone companies calling with another great offer, but fine. It's not my place to argue with company policy. I split with my coworker, the clients we had registered, found a few more potential contacts on the internet, and for the next few weeks I'd call each of my clients. First, I introduced myself as their new sales guy and asked if I could contact them once in a while to check up on things. I didn't note how often I'd check up on things. After a few weekly calls, some clients stopped answering, others blocked me. I noticed I get straight to voicemail, that's pretty obvious. And some got annoyed with the pestering and voiced that with all manner of euphemisms. My favorite was, I kindly ask you to take up a journey to the land of anal sensations. Or straight up insults about wasting their time and if they want something from me, they'll get back to me. I obviously noted every call in the CRM, as explicitly instructed, but just in case someone actually read it, I refrained from citing insults and just went with client angry about two frequent contacts. Next contact on day, month, year, that was always in one week time. All this didn't win me any favors with the client base, with one exception, but it hardly made a difference. Because we managed to antagonize most of our current and potential clients, We obviously didn't get much sales done, so we weren't allowed to keep much wares on our local stock. This meant that if someone would actually stumble into our store, the shelves would be mostly empty, to the point that putting together a small CCTV setup would be impossible because we'd have like one DVR, two cameras of the same type, and one hard drive for the DVR. By that point, we'd get a resupply twice a week. So if a client ordered something on Thursday, the order would arrive on next Tuesday afternoon at the earliest. This was often unacceptable, so clients would scrap the order. We did some business from time to time, but I'm pretty sure our branch was not making enough even to sustain itself, not to mention making a profit for the company. After about seven to eight weeks, I was dialing one of my clients again to check up if he doesn't need anything. Let's call him Red. I was about to hang up with no answer when he did pick it up. I said, hi, this is Ed from Company X. Can I take a moment? At this point, he furiously interrupted me yelling, are you freaking serious? I nearly fell off the ladder thinking it's something important and it's you again? Didn't I freaking tell you not to bother me again? Are you freaking stupid? This rant went on for a while. Guy was really creative when it comes to various combinations of insults, something that I think is impossible in the English language. When he finally made a long enough pause for me to chime in, I went with my, at this point, usual explanation. I'm sorry you find these calls disturbing, but it's our company policy to keep a close contact with our best clients. Red never actually bought anything. Red says, I don't give a freak about your company's policy. Get me your supervisor. I said, yes, sir. I happily gave him my boss's rank, name, and phone number. He paused for a moment. I'm guessing to note the info I've given him, and then he hung up without a word. I dutifully noted the conversation in the CRM, noting that the client angry requested a contact the supervisor complied. After about half an hour, my regional manager called me. The regional manager said, 
Did you call Red today? I said I did, like I do on a weekly basis, per instructions. They say, okay, don't call him again. I'm sure Red gave him a piece of his mind about the company policy. Next week, the one guy that didn't mind my calls strolls into the store and from the door asks, I hear you're closing up shop. I look at my coworker with a surprised expression. She mirrors it. We asked him where he heard about it and he answered vaguely, that's the word around town. We told him we don't know anything about it. He ordered some basic stuff we as usual didn't have on hand and left. When I put out the order to arrive in the next shipment, I got a call from the HQ warehouse. They said, hi, did you order X and Y? I said, I did. Is there a problem? They say, yeah, kinda. All your deliveries are on hold and we can't ship anything to you. I put two and two together, thanked them for the info, hung up and shared the revelation with my coworker. She contacted the regional manager to ask about it and he claimed it must have been some kind of mistake and not to worry. The same week, on Friday, the regional manager arrived at 9 o'clock, we opened the store at 8 and went straight to the point. Regional manager said, here are the papers to relieve you from work, as of Monday. Today we pack all of the stock and equipment, at 1400 there will be a truck to pick everything up and the store is done. Work relief is a document that basically tells you that you're still employed as per contract, keeping the pay and social security but you don't actually have to work and it doesn't deplete your annual batch of vacation days. We get 20 to 26 of paid vacation per year. It's used usually when an employee needs to be terminated with notice period, but you don't want to keep them around for the remaining time. In my case, I was two weeks until my trial period was to end, so I got the remainder of that time off with pay and the contract would just end. My coworker had two weeks notice period per her contract. I listed the brief time spent to this company as branch closing specialist on my LinkedIn. I think it's more accurate than the technical and sales specialist I actually had on my contract. The company's still there but scaled back on its branches and as far as I know, they loosened up their policy a bit. I went on to switch industries once more, cable TV but got back to CCTV and stuff for the next company, where I've spent four years, where I had a lot of regular clients and didn't call any of them once without a specific reason. As I sit here, I struggle to think of just about any service I would want a weekly reminder call for. 100% if you want me to abandon and avoid your business, it would be to hassle me with once a week with a call. This next story is, customers always right, right? So, I work as a minimum wage cashier at a discount store. I see a lot of people in a day, especially people who know how to do my job better than me due to their lack of experience and profound understanding that my job is the easiest in the world. Now, I always shut that crap down in the classic corporate, happy public service employee way. Well, actually, it makes it a little easier this way, but thank you so much for helping. Like I'm talking a toddler down from an upcoming tantrum, but I don't leave room for arguing. It's almost like I'm playing a character, honestly. It works for me, but I never just let someone do something stupid, like letting them walk out with a bag too heavy without double bagging it, or letting them leave putting their receipt in their bag if it looks like they might want to return it. But not today. It's Saturday, so it's busy. All day, as I would finally get a minute to get my other work done, someone would come up taking forever to consider the impulse buys while I'm stuck waiting for them at the register getting nothing done. 
This woman did that, but twice. She got up there, pondered for a minute, got a line behind her, decided to go look at something else. I'm stuck with this line till just before she gets back and ponders again before finally getting to me. She's your average looking middle-aged soccer mom, but already she's getting on my nerves. But hey, it's Saturday, every customer gets on my nerves, so whatever. She's got a lot of larger but lightweight items with some smaller items, like bags of candy and socks. So I'm getting half of it in one large bag, half of it in another large bag. So I go to get the second bag, handing her the first one, when she goes, No, I don't want a lot of bags. You can fit the rest in there. It's fine. You should ask before getting more bags. It's your job to do things how the customers want and asking. Otherwise, you should just know to do one bag if you can. It's wasteful. I only want one bag. And I thought to myself, wow, sounds like she's never done a retail a day in her life. She must know what she's doing. Now, it's also worth noting that she had a few heavier items. Not many, but a few. They were glass jars of sauces with lots of pigment and staining properties. It's also worth mentioning she was getting some chips that came in bags with pointy, sharper edges that eat bags for breakfast. The bag gets too heavy and they press into the sides at any angle, and that bag's toast. It's also worth mentioning she was getting several white clothes made of very stainable materials. Nice clothes. She said they were for an important party that she had to go to that night bragging. Normally I would double bag, which would keep the sharp corners in check. But she was right, she only wanted one bag so that must be all she needs. So I get the glass jars in with the clothes, nested in there nicely spaced out where they wouldn't hit each other with the clothes between them, and the bags on top spread around the top so it was easier to lift the bag. Just like she wanted. That darn bag was already looking like it would bust wide open any second when she took it from the counter. Luckily, a line hadn't formed behind her yet, just someone looking the impulse buys over, so I couldn't really step away, but nothing to do but watch where I had a clear view of the parking lot. I watched as she struggled out the front two doors, no automatic, got a quarter of the way to her car when the bag bust. Glass and sauce everywhere. Sad, she had like $15 worth, about five jars. She struggled to force them back into the bag, hoping she could at least pile them in her arms with the bag holding it together, trying not to cut herself in the glass she had wrapped up. It broke some more. She tried to salvage it and balance it back up. Failed, gave up, grabbed as much of an armful as she could, had to take like five trips. Her blouse and pants ruined. Huh, maybe after over a year and a half of cashiering nearly every day, I know what I'm doing. Shocker. Even though they were really brash and upfront and kind of rude, I still feel kind of bad for them, not gonna lie. Like, I don't think I could ever just see this person walk out there, watch this bag explode, literally lose money and be like, super happy or like satisfied. There would always still be some degree of me like, aww, kinda wish the jerk made it. This next story is, must write something every time? Okay. While working today, I realized I've been doing some minor malicious compliance the past few months. I'm a regular reader of this sub, and I'm excited I have a story to share. I work as a pharmacy tech, and part of my job involves calling patients. The web portal has drop-down boxes with standardized statements about how the call went and the resolution, as well as a text box where additional notes can be written. I was told that even if the answer can be found in the drop-downs, I should write something. 
Well, I got tired of typing the same thing every time and now slip in creative wordings of mundane statements. My manager finally noticed and asked why I wrote, electronically recorded my melodious voice for patients later auditory consumption? You told me to write something, so I wrote something. I would be incredibly annoyed to have to do this completely meaningless repetitive task, but I would probably find some level of solace knowing I might be able to take a little extra time filling this out and I'm probably getting paid for it, right? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.